I don't know if I told you, but I remember when uh, I was like in elementary school, you know, my mom would send us to school at lunches. And I remember having a, you know, a friend who would always want to trade me his ham sandwiches, you know, and his drinks for my lunch because my lunch seemed so like, you know, it was like colorful and exotic. Like healthy, exotic. And he'd always eat my lunch. And then finally I caught on, I was like, wait a minute, you know, there's a reason probably why he's trading me. My food's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot healthier. So, you know, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, grew up vegan, didn't know anything, you know, every now and then, you know, my neighbors and friends would have, you know, parties and stuff like that. We go over to the house and, you know, sneak some cheese pizza or ice cream and then I get sick the next day. <laughs> I was wondering why, cause you know, I never ate dairy. <laughs> it was like, I'm not supposed to be eating this. Hey guys, that was this week's special guest, Phil Aman. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is the Veg Talk Podcast. Welcome to the show if it's your first time tuning in and welcome back to those of you who are regular listeners. It's great to be chatting with you again and thank you for giving up the time in your day. I really do appreciate it and hope you enjoyed today's show. This one's a little different to usual. I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything goes for Phil. Uh, this week's guest is Phil Aman. He's not someone you'll know from the vegan or plant-based movement. We actually met him right here in our building in Portland, Oregon. Phil has a super interesting story starting his life in Florida, growing up a vegan, and then going away from that lifestyle through his college days and into his adult life. He's gotten to a point where he wants to make some changes. He's gone to the doctor, received his blood panel results, which you'll hear about in the conversation. Uh, and after his checkup, he decided that he wanted to go back uh, to a vegan diet. So we've got him on the show this week. You'll hear all about him, his, uh, his background, and where he's at now. And after his next checkup, we'll chat with him again, which is going to be in about three months' time, and we'll see how and if a plant-based diet has helped him. For now, please enjoy the introduction episode, and I'll catch you all on the other side to wrap things up. All right, guys, we've got a special episode today. We're with Phil Aman. We met Phil in this building that we've moved into in Portland um, not too long ago, probably like three weeks ago. Yeah, about about three weeks. About three weeks. Yeah. And we got, I can't even remember what, like why we got chatting off the bat. I mean, you were with your university friend, but we'll get to that later in the episode. Um, but yeah, we've got a special episode. We're going to do one today and then we're going to do another one in about three months time. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast, Phil. It's, it's awesome to have you here, man. All right. Thank you for having me. So you've got a very interesting story, a very cool story that, yeah, I've been kind of like fascinated by since we met and it's, it's why I wanted to bring you on the show. So would you like to just tell the listeners, you know, about your background growing up, what you're eating, why you were eating that way, um, and a little bit about, you know, your family and, and, okay. and just uh, your childhood. All right. So I'm first generation Haitian American. Um, my parents are, both my parents are from Haiti and immigrated here in the 70s. Um, but, you know, they were Seventh-day Adventists, or still is. Um, but growing up, you know, in Florida, um, it's a, a lot of different cultures in Florida um, and not as many uh, folks who are vegan, I would say. 
um, especially from the Caribbean. A lot of folks, you know, uh, tend to eat a lot of meat, a lot of, a lot of pork and a lot of different um, foods that are non-vegan. But um, uh, I was raised, you know, vegan um, from very young age, you know, um, and I think it's a little bit different um, when I meet people who are vegan because it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm vegan. And like, you know, for a while I wasn't vegan, but now I'm back vegan again. But um, it's kind of cool to see that, you know, it's like something familiar for me. Um, but yeah, growing up in Florida um, from, like I said, last uh, 30, I'm 36 now. So i um, been here in Oregon for seven years now. Um, but grew up in Florida, um, born in West Palm, raised in Gainesville, which is just out um, north central Florida, um, college town. Um, at, back then, um, being vegan was different. Uh, there wasn't a lot of different products that you have now that you see in the store, you know, the vegan cheese and, and all the other vegan ice creams. It was like uh, Tree of Life and I can't remember the other brand that was that like they made a lot of the products and it was very expensive. Um, but things have changed. Um, but, uh, I think a cool thing growing up vegan for me is, you know, being that my parents are from the Caribbean, they still cooked a lot of the dishes that they made traditionally like Haitian style food, but it was completely vegan, um, which was kind of different for, you know, for uh, folks to grasp it. Like, what do you mean you're making legume with no beef in it or no shrimp or you know um other types of meats in it like oh it, it can't be good because you're not using you know any of the meat flavoring but that was the contrary um i don't know if i told you but i remember when i was like in elementary school you know my mom would send us to school with lunches and i remember having a you know a friend who would always want to trade me his ham sandwiches you know and his drinks for my lunch because my lunch seemed so like you know, it was like colorful and exotic. Like healthy, exotic, and he'd always eat my lunch. And then finally, I caught on. I was like, "Wait a minute!" You know, there's a reason probably why he's trading me. My food's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot healthier. So you know, um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. Um, but yeah, grew up vegan. Didn't know anything. You know, every now and then, you know, my neighbors and friends would have, you know, parties and stuff like that. We'd go over to their house and you know, sneak some cheese pizza or ice cream, and then I get sick the next day. And I was wondering why, because, you know, I never ate dairy. <laughs> it was like, I'm not supposed to be eating this. But um, it was kind of like, you know. As a kid. like As a kid, yeah. You're like, why? I didn't really understand why my parents weren't, you know. They kind of explained, but as a kid, you want to do what everyone else is doing. And you don't want to be, like, different or the outcast. Um, but now I, you know, I, I see the bigger picture and I see the reason why. Um, and yeah, um, that, that's pretty much, you know, like part of growing up vegan, um, growing up in Florida was at that time was pretty cool. I think, um, so what era are we talking here? Like nineties? Yeah. We're talking, yeah. Early, early, mid nineties. You were like a nineties kid born in the eighties, but yeah. Born growing in the nineties. Definitely grew up in the nineties. Yep. Um, I do have four siblings, mm -hmm. um, and my three older siblings, you know, they were 12, 11 and 10 years older than me. So they are more like kids of the eighties. 
Um, my one brother who lives here in Oregon, he's still vegan. Um, he's pretty, pretty healthy. Every time, you know, people look at him and they look at me and like, wait a minute, who's older here? <laughs> Cause he clearly looks a lot better, um, than me. Well, I wouldn't say a lot better, just a lot younger than me. You know, um, I think it helps too that he doesn't grow any facial hair, but he's, he's still in good shape. Um, and then my other brother is, uh, who's still vegan as well, but lives in Ohio. Um, then I have a sister who's in Florida who is not vegan. <laughs> um, tried to say, you know, try to eat healthier. And I know she's a nurse, so she knows. Um, I think she does eat as healthy as possible, but I think it's kind of hard for, for her to, to make that switch. Um, I think a lot of reasons, and we, we probably discussed this when we had dinner, that forces people to change is usually like, you know, health, or something like they're, they're feeling like conscious about, you know, like um, being vegan, you know. Um, but a lot of reasons sometimes is health. And I know for me, um, it's probably a, a little bit of both, um, but more likely, most mostly health. Um, yep. So. No, it's cool. It's, it's cool to learn about. I mean, uh, being a, like a Haitian, mm-hmm. in your home country, mm-hmm. What is, I mean, you kind of alluded to it, like with your, you know, family friends saying like, oh, but there's no beef in it. There's no shrimp in it. Yeah. You guys were a segment of the community, so to speak, being Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I think that's a large part of it is being Seventh-day Adventist. Um, I don't know if you know about Seventh-day Adventism. But I don't know. A lo- Here's what I know about it. Mm-hmm. I found out through reading articles by the blue zones yeah blue zones and all that kind of stuff uh, i know dan butner uh he's he's written a book called the blue zones he's researched mm-hmm. it extensively you know there's places in greece italy mm-hmm. um i think costa rica uh and the one in america that you would be surprised by if you know if if you'd heard that there's a thing called the blue zones and it's where people live to a hundred more than anywhere else in the world, you would not think America would have a place yeah. that has this. But Loma Linda, California, right. and it's, it's a Seventh-day Adventist community. So I was kind of fascinated by it. Um, and my only real run-in with a Seventh-day Adventist person previous to meeting you, I think, was a, an Uber driver. Mm. Um, it could have been, been in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm just thinking it would have been with work and that's one of the only places I traveled to for work. Right. And we had a chat. He wasn't vegan. So not all, yeah. you don't, I think there's, there's even within the Seventh-day Adventist community, there's different kind of mindsets yeah. or habits or, you know, uh, ways they kind of stay healthy. But veganism isn't the only thing. Right. And I think it's just different factions like yep. within the Seventh day Adventists. Exactly. Um, but they they mainly believe in eating um as healthy as possible. Um and avoiding like stimulants like caffeine um isn't good for you because your body depends on it. Um so stuff like that they avoid. Um but I think the general consensus among most Seventh day Adventists is you don't eat like shellfish, um you don't eat pork. Um they do a lot of them do do some dairy. Um, but it's like I said, it's all based on how you want to live um, your life. But they, that's the, like 
the, the line in the sand is like no pork and no shellfish and stuff like that. Um, but there are a lot of Seventh Day Adventists that I found mainly on the West Coast, believe it or not, are the ones who tend to be more like vegan and they try to live like to the letter of the law of um, Ellen G. White's writings, who was the prophet of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. Um, she wrote a lot of books, um, Ministry of Healing, Councils on Health and Nutrition. Um, and then one of the other authors who a lot of folks that are not Seventh-day Adventists actually follow, um, Jethro Kloss, um, he wrote Back to Eden, um, which is like a book on like councils and health and nutrition and diet and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of different variations of how people eat in Seventh-day Adventists. I know um, my mom did say, you know, that uh, before I was born, she did eat like a little bit of meat and some dairy, but um, after I was born, it was like, all right, like I was lactose intolerant, so automatically that forced a shift in how they prepared foods and you know the, the, the diet um, for the whole family. But um, yeah, they, it was for most Adventists, it's like you want to eat as clean and as healthy as possible, lots of herbs, um, lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, a lot of the meals consisted of, you know, whole foods. Um, and I think that the funny thing is, is because we couldn't prepare food on Saturday because it was a Sabbath, um, it shifted on eating like whole foods because it was like it was fresh. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, when we want to eat a meal, nice meal, um, we want it to be as fresh as possible. But we did, you know, cook meals um, the day before and then we would eat the meal um, on Saturday as, you know, a lot of potlucks and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the diet is a portion of uh, Seventh-day Adventist, but um, the key point is um, following the Sabbath, which is rest on the seventh day of the week. Got it. Um, like Judaism, you know, from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, no secular activities. Um, that so meant no... Go ahead. Yeah. Um, no schoolwork, no personal work. Um, I don't even think we went to the gym on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it was like nothing secular at all um, yeah. on Saturday. And you were mentioning like if there was, you know, a discussion to be had within the family, you would even push that to oh, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Or Any, Saturday sunset. S Saturday sunset, yeah. Saturday yeah. night, you know, then you can have your discussion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Any any like any type of discussion that wasn't oriented towards like, I don't want to say religion or the Bible, but just anything that would, you could do during the week is not discussed on Saturday. Yep. Um, and what did it mean for like, um, you know, other forms of technology? Like I know we're talking the nineties here, so we're not talking about iPhones and being like glued to them, but there was the TV was yeah. that that was turned off? Yeah, that was turned off. Yeah, um, no TVs, uh, no computer. Uh, I mean, back then, I think on the computer we had Oregon Trail. The <laughs> <laughs> that was like the only game you could play. A couple other games too. I think Math Blaster was one or something like that. Probably like Minesweeper and my, yeah. You know, I can't the, remember the name of the other game that we played or Common San Diego or something like that. Like, okay. yeah, you just couldn't play like anything secular. You didn't do. Mm -hmm. um, 
you couldn't buy or sell as well on Saturday. So no so trading of any type? No trading, no going to the store to shop for groceries or shop mm-hmm. for personal things. You didn't do any of that. Um, and like even buying gas, you know, like if you need, oh, we're on a trip, let's stop and buy gas. Um, we didn't do that. So being that we were young kids at the time, I think one of the things my parents did to, um, in other words, not break the Sabbath was they would, you know, prepare. So Friday was like the day of preparation. Um, you would do everything you needed to do at the bank. Um, they would prep all the food, um, fill all the cars with gas. Um, Cause one things we did do is like on Saturdays, we did go to the zoo, but we already had all the tickets. So it was just a matter of just walking through the entrance, you know, um, and then, cause that was like considered something nature, you know, that God created. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they had nothing against that. So going to the zoo and seeing like um, the animals and taking hikes and stuff like that. So being outside is also oh that was a, a part big of part it. of it. Yeah. yeah, nature trail hikes, um, going yeah, visiting like certain uh, like nature preserve reserves and stuff like that in Florida. That was a big yeah. big part of it. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's it seems very simple and logical that this is a healthful way of living. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And it also, another thing that you mentioned, the whole food aspect of mm-hmm. your parents kind of, the way they prepared the food was yeah. a lot of whole vegetables, yeah, fruits, grains, yep. legumes. You didn't, I suppose you didn't really need to worry about these products that we have now because... You know, like I'm talking like the Impossible Burger, the Beyond oh, Burger. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to worry so much about that. Like you hear a lot of vegans, um, you know, from decades ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't have anything. Right. But if you know how to prepare whole foods, well, then you had such an expansive yeah. set of foods to choose from. Right. And after our dinner the other night, I mean, we got an insight into, you know, a traditional dish. Mm-hmm. that you would have had as a kid. You said you had it time and time again yeah, to it the was, point of exhaustion. <laughs> it was a staple part yeah. of our diet. <laughs> so we cooked that up and, you know, the the amount of vegetables was incredible. Yeah. Um, and I still forgot the eggplant, but... <laughs> forgot the eggplant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> next time. It was absolutely delicious. It was like a rice-based dish with... like a Kind of like a rice-based curry, almost. Like there was coconut... Milk. It was coconut milk and the rice and beans. Yep. Um, and then the what the Haitians call Haitian legume mm-hmm. um, on the side is just um, it's just a mixture of different types of vegetables that you cook together. Um, yep. You cook down and you eat that with you know with the rice and beans um, on the side. Um, I looked at some of the recipes online, like looking at this Haitian. It's a website that I follow that has a lot of Haitian recipes. Um, and I'm like looking at all the meals. I'm like, man, everything is like, yeah, steep the meat and cook this. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> add tofu. Yeah. Add tofu, you know, yeah. um, or, you know, there's tofu, there's tempeh, there's mm-hmm. uh, seitan. There's like so many substitutes. Um, tempeh. Yeah. That's, you know, a lot of the stuff that I grew up on, which is, um, which is pretty funny that I'm going right back know, to the it's, beginning. <laughs> it's really cool. So now let's talk about where, you know, we talk about like social activity being one of those things that might guide us in a different direction. You know, yeah. under 
under the roof of your parents, they've got a lot more say. Right. As in, you know, how you live your life in yeah. terms of religion, what you're eating, mm-hmm. the Sabbath day, everything. Well, at what point did this begin to change? At what point did you have more autonomy over like what you really wanted to do on, on your own without the, um, you know, the, the guiding of your, your parents? parents? Yeah. Um, for me, it was uh, freshman, uh, my freshman year in college in 2001. So that, that is year number one in college, Year correct? number one, yep. yeah. Um, I still pretty much, I was vegetarian because it was just so much easier to find stuff without meat, but then it would have cheese or other, you know, uh, dairy products. Um, I think the shift was completed by, I want to say 2004, um, that's when I was like, okay, yeah, we're all going out and all my friends are grilling and it was like, yeah, we got chicken, but we didn't get any Boca burgers. So, um, I was like, well, I guess I'll have a regular burger. It can't be that bad. Um, and then the shift just was complete by then, you know, I was like, all right, I guess I'm preparing for a barbecue. All right, let me get some chicken to make, you know? Um, and I found myself starting to make food like how you know like how haitians prepare it with like all the seasonings and stuff and i would prepare it you know and grill it and it was like oh okay yeah it's it's and it tastes amazing it tastes amazing yep. you know it's like everyone oh, else's yeah everyone loved it you yep. know like i said i went to the baby shower the other day and that yeah. was like yep you're gonna grill for us i'm like nope i'm vegan and like oh man just gotta change the grilling style yeah definitely change the grilling style um but I think that was the mainly social aspect of it. Yep. It would just made it super easy for me to like eat with folks. Um, and I guess then too, I wasn't cooking as much. I knew how to cook, but I wasn't really preparing, um, preparing my meals, um, which, you know, which is funny because my mom would still every now and then send vegan meals um, to me. So that I could eat, like I'd go and visit and she'd send me back with a bunch of vegan food. Like and frozen meals? No, it's like no? cooked, fresh cooked meals fresh cooked. that I could refrigerate and eat later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my roommates eating food. <laughs> they were like, man, this stuff is really good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there's no meat in it. <laughs> and they were surprised. But yeah, it's like I had all of this information um, before. But I never really applied it, you know. It is um, crazy. You, you just re- you really had... In terms of, you know, the regular childhood in terms of food, mm-hmm. you've just had a completely opposite experience. You got, you got all this knowledge on how to prepare tasty food. Yeah. What vegetables to use in different types of dishes. Yeah. All of that preparation, a, a great base for like a healthful life, would you right. say? Yeah, definitely. Um, growing, I ne- like never had any health issues and I... Th- I can attribute to that even in my 20s and early 30s to not having any major health issues, you know, other than going to the dentist and right. checking cavities, you know, was all because of the, my upbringing. Like, you know, I, I think I was thinking back the other day, like, what did I eat? So, like, like I told you, like breakfast was like, you know, muesli with OJ and bananas and fresh fruits, you know, and then lunch would be, you know, um, if for school lunch, it was a little bit easy to make like Boca burgers and stuff like that. 
But um, but yeah, it was like that with the sandwich, you know, with like a vegan spread. Or sometimes my mom would make a sunflower spread. Um, it's like sunflowers and something else with like tomatoes because the sunflowers with a couple ingredients she added kind of made it seem like it was like a tuna sandwich. Um, but it wasn't. But yeah, like, you know, I ate that. And then like the Haitian meals that they would make that was all vegan. So and it was like tons of vegetables, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I ate really good as a kid. <laughs> no, really cool to, I mean, to learn about yeah. that aspect of your life. Right. And then I think the switch away is completely understandable. Like, you know, university in Florida, mm-hmm. big football culture, big, oh, yeah. big sporting culture, big cookout culture. Yeah, huge cookout culture. So, I mean, you'd have to be really strong-willed, strong-minded, and deeply rooted yeah. in the Seventh-day Adventism to continue to that. To continue, yeah. And I wasn't. No. As soon as I graduated, it's kind of like I didn't really follow, you know, the Seventh-day Adventist church yep. um, at all. Um, and even now, I don't, I don't, I don't follow. No. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like you said, it, it would... I would have to be really, and I think that's part of the reason my brother is still, because he still is in the church. And so, you know, he's been married, what, almost 20 years now, and both him and his wife are in the church. And so um, it's it's a way of life for them, you know. Totally. Um, But, you know, although I don't believe, as 70 Adventists do, there are some key concepts that I find that are universal that everyone should follow. Um, A, the health, and too, you know, de-stressing. Um, like you were saying, like in modern times, we have like iPads and iPhones and like we're com- constantly being bombarded with information 24-7. Um, and there is very little time when we can just de-stress and step away from any of that. And I think Seventh-day Adventists have found the key to helping us de-stress and that's spending 24 hours where you're not doing anything that involves, you know, like business or anything secular and your mind is not on that. It's just like in nature. Um, I think that is part of the key, a key to, to longevity and stuff like that and good health. Totally. I think they've got their pillars of life kind of really yeah. nicely ingrained into, into their religion. So, yeah. it, you know, what you said, it sounds like they really understand healthful food. Mm-hmm. They understand that rest is important and they understand that nature is important. Yeah. That's um, true. To the well being of a human. So I think even if yeah, even if as people we don't believe in the teachings of the Seventh day Adventist Church, mm-hmm. there's so much good that we can kind of take out and apply to our own lives. Our own lives, yeah. Just in terms of looking after each other and looking after ourselves. So let's fast forward, you know, from college days to to now. Mm -hmm. You've basically lived a pretty standard American life. Yeah, I would say pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, In terms of of work, food. Yeah, Yeah. work, food, and then, you know, I think coming out here to the Pacific Northwest where um, this is like microbrew capital of the world where people drink (laughs) a lot. (laughs) It's It's like food, booze. And coffee. Yeah. Like they do everything on like a local level here. Yeah. 
um, it's it's a cool place to live. I mean, we've only just moved here. We've visited here last year and it's the reason we came back. But it does seem like an awesome place to live. And you've been here for seven or so years now. Yeah, I've been here in Portland going on one year. Yep. Um, but in Oregon as a whole, I've been here seven, going on seven years. Yeah. And your, your parents are here now? Um, my father passed away okay. uh, in 2005, mm-hmm. um, but my mom moved here in 2007. Gotcha. Um, and she's been here since 2007. Uh, my brother moved a year afterwards, um, and my sister was here. She left. My younger sister was here and left, went back to Florida, but came back um, a few years ago, um, and she's been here since, too. So I, I do have a lot of family um, here on the, on the West Coast which is nice um, to have, you know, um, have folks here to visit and spend holidays with. Uh, I remember when I was on the East Coast, you know, I'd call my brother a lot, you know, in the morning time. He's like, yeah, it's like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, man. It's a time zone. I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but now it happens to me. My sister, my older sister in Florida calls me. Um, usually she's a nurse. Like I said, she leaves the hospital like 730 and she'll call me. I'm like, yeah, I answered the phone, um, maybe because I thought it was an emergency, but I'm in bed. Is everything okay? She's like, yeah, I just keep forgetting you're on the West Coast. So, um, but yeah, I've been here, yeah, going on seven years now. Um, funny thing, being in Florida, I, I, I realized that, yes, I was in a college town and like drinking is prevalent. Like it's a college town, you know, that's what young kids do. Um, but I think here, um, it's a big culture here as well. Like I said, the microbrewing community, um, lots of vineyards here as well. Totally. Um, and I, I, I think I, not to say I got caught up into it because that's another thing. Seventh-day Adventists don't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, like my parents never drank growing up. I never saw them drink at all. Um, so for me, it was like another thing that I took socially once I like grew up and left my parents' house. You know, it's like something that I started doing um, but now I'm like starting to like take a step back um, from it because it's like a way of life here, you know, like happy hour is like one of the most common things to do. Um, you know, I think my girlfriend, the first date we had was, yeah, let's go drinking. So we met at a bar and we drank and had caipirinhas and then went to another spot and had more alcohol. You know, it's like wh- what you do, um, which is odd because. I wasn't raised like that at all. Um, but I think it's easy for me to take a step step away. Like um, back in February of this year, um, I took a sabbatical. I was like, all right, I'm not going to drink for 90 days. And the number of people that were like, man, you have like strong discipline. And like, I couldn't do that. You know, like initially, the reason I wanted to do it was because I thought I was using alcohol as a crutch to you know, interact with people. But after I got over the fact that, okay, I can't drink, I'm not drinking. Um, I just, you know, I became, you know, I was just normal. And, you know, that's when you really see your personality and like, okay, I don't need this. But yeah, it was a little tough because all of my coworkers and friends were like, Hey, you know, we're meeting up, we're going to have a party. You you know, are you going to drink? I'm like, uh, like, no, I'm not drinking. So (laughs) Um, it's a little tough, but you know. it's definitely, it's a change. It's you, a change. You get used to, I suppose, new habits Yeah. over time, like let's yeah. say 10, 15 years. And what we've experienced as, as, as well, like 
now when we go to a party we're like okay what one can of beer do you want to get like for me it used to be let's get 12 of whatever yeah, and i'll take it with me pack. yeah um but now it's like all i can handle or all i really want to handle yeah is one solitary beer because well i figured out it makes me feel like shit <laughs> and i don't like an understatement. <laughs> yeah and i don't yeah. like i don't like feeling like shit the next day yeah i, I just definitely I, I see it as lost time yep. uh wasted energy and yeah i'd much prefer not to partake in that anymore but it's taken a lot of unlearning yeah it's taken a lot of time for me to be able to say yeah i, I just don't want to do that anymore rather yeah. than get roped into it and regret it the next day right. i think i went through a lot of that as well yeah yeah and i think now for me um as you know i'm um, in engineering school and working so the downtime that i have i can't spend my downtime trying to recover yeah. Because I just have too much to do. And totally. like you said, it's a wasted time that you can't you can't get back, you know. Yeah. Um, Definitely. So. so let's fast forward into that room, right? So I go upstairs. Mm -hmm. We've got like a, what they call it the rhythm room. I've, we've right. got like a fifth floor uh, lounge. Roof, yeah, rooftop terrace. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's a nice spot. It's a really nice spot. That's where I had a lot of, lot of barbecues with dry aged steaks and <laughs> lots of tequila so yeah um, we're gonna we're gonna change that up we're gonna repurpose it so yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do that um, definitely but we basically you know I, I just remember walking into the room and you and your buddy was studying mm -hmm. and somehow i i don't know why but we quickly got on the topic of the game changers movie yeah and i want to say the reason why is you were editing um, you were right. going to do some editing. And of course, the curiosity is like, well, what are you editing? And he's like, well, I do a podcast called The Veg Talk. I was like, The Veg Talk? Are you vegan or something? He's like, actually, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think my friend Adam mentioned, he's like, yeah, we just watched a, a, a documentary called The Game Changers um, and how that, you know, meat affects the body. And we that I think that started a discussion about it. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're spot on. That's that's how it kind of unraveled. And we got into it pretty deep. Yeah, we Your did. friend was very interested in the movie um, and learning about, mm -hmm. um, you know, protein and the amino acid breakdown and all of that. Right. I think we kind of debunked some of the stuff that he might have um, thought was true about like needing a full, complete protein right. in the one meal. But in, you know, in truth, that's not... 100% accurate I think the body actually picks the amino acids throughout the day to make a full chain um, mm. from what I understand you might want to go and do your own research on that right but yeah we got chatting we spoke about some pro athletes like Hector Bellerin Hector Bellerin yeah he is an Arsenal football player he's plant-based ex-Manchester United player Chris Smalling I think he now plays for Roma in yeah. the in the Serie A um, Lewis Hamilton, the F1 driver. Yeah, talked about Tom Brady a bit. You can't really have a plant-based discussion about athletes without talking about Tom Brady. He's not fully vegan, but I mean, whatever he's doing at 42 and winning Super Bowls, you know, you've yeah. got to you've got to listen to the man. Yeah, definitely. So that kind of got us on on that track, and then right. I started to learn about, you know, a bit more about you, and I really was fascinated by it. 
So let me ask you, what happened after that day? Because I think you were kind of like, in our conversation, you were like, all right, I've got to make some changes. Yeah, so I think what happened after that day, um, I went back downstairs, um, and I was like, well, I'm going to watch I'm gonna watch a documentary. And then I think you told me about, uh, was it Knives and Forks? Forks Over Knives. Forks Over Knives. Yep. And I think I watched that documentary, and then I watched What the Health, and then I watched Game Changers, and then I think I got a phone call from my mom. <laughs> and what did your mom say this like, is like jesus well of course she was yeah. like you know she's talking to me she's like how's it going and like she's like how's your blood sugar your blood sugar level she's like um talking to me about health which she always does my mom's a retired nurse so she's always talking about you know, yeah healthy habits and you know like i said she's still in the church um so you know i told her i was like you know i've been thinking about going vegan again she's like yeah i wouldn't eat meat if i were you like your body is not designed for that and she added on a little bit extra and i was like you know what i think you're right so i think that evening the meal i had was like a complete vegan meal and then i was like okay this is not bad i don't know i was raised not eating meat i could i could totally do this and then I told my girlfriend, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going vegan. And she was like, really? And like, she was totally supportive. She's like, all right. Like, I think within hours, she sent me several re like recipes on Pinterest that she can cook that are vegan. Um, I don't think she fully understood when I told her that I was vegan. Like, I know how to prepare vegan food. But I mean, that's the more the merrier, because the, the way I know how to prepare vegan food is like predominantly like Haitian, you know, um, meals. But it's always good to have, you know, like a lot of different types of meals to cook or to be able to cook and eat. Um, it just makes it even better, you know. Keep it interesting. Yeah, it keeps it very interesting. So that's awesome that you got the support from her because I think when you're in a relationship mm -hmm. um, and one side of the relationship decides to change something that, you know, it's important. Food is part of like yeah. families. It's part of relationships. You, you know, you kind of, you have a lot of experiences around these types of things. That's true. So for her to be so supportive off the bat, I think is that's a that's a winner. That's yeah. a that's a real game changer for you. You don't have to worry about that. No. That social aspect with her, she's happy to to help out. Yeah, definitely. Now, in addition to deciding mm -hmm. to go back to your roots and uh, cook vegan again. What happened at the doctor? Was this like a routine checkup or was this something? Yeah, it was, it was a routine checkup. Yeah. Um, so I typically do blood work once a year. You know, it's provided by my employer insurance. And yep. So um, I had did one. I did, a, I did blood work July of 2018 um, because I was changing from working from ODOT and going to work for the city of Portland. And so I wanted to, you know, um, establish another baseline, you know, like, all right, let me see where I'm at. Um, but I did feel like I was being a little sluggish and a little tired in the morning and stuff like that. And my diet hasn't been great because I'm in school, um, part-time and working full-time. So I don't have a whole lot of time, but you know, I was like, all right, let me get this blood work done and see where I'm at. And the doctor, um, I did the blood work and then he Do you want to bring sent, it up? You yeah, can I'll totally bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah. Um, he sent me an email, and in the email, uh, let's see if I can bring it up here. Um, he basically goes over um, some issues that I knew, like, um, well, 
the one issue that I knew I was dealing with is like fatty liver from excess weight gain and also heavy drinking. Yep. Um, and I knew that I needed to make some lifestyle changes, but I wasn't really making those changes. I was kind of like just, uh, yeah, it'll change after summer. You know, I always say, oh, after summer when right. the weather's not great, I'll make those changes. But um, on Monday. <laughs> on Monday, yeah. And so, I'll you do know, it on Monday. After meeting you and say, all right, I need to go vegan. Um, I did the blood work the following week on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Monday comes around and my doctor emails me. And he um, basically, you know, did a full uh, full panel. Me, full panel. Um, and this is what the email he listed. He was like, borderline diabetes. <laughs> Uh, his lab shows that he is at risk of diabetes, borderline diabetes. This does not need medication at this time, diet and exercise. Lifestyle changes are an excellent way to change his results. Consider a healthy, low-carb and Mediterranean diet. Hmm. Um, there were several online um, resources. And, of course, regular exercise. Um, elevated liver enzymes, significantly worse, <laughs> which um, I was kind of monitoring like by not drinking, but then just, you know, eating bad, lots of meat, lots of grilling, um, and just not, you know, eating whole foods like I should be, you know. Um, bit of takeout in there. Yeah, oh, not a bit, quite a bit of takeout. Yeah, because, you know, you're busy. I think that's another thing that's changed. Like um, when I worked in Salem um, for ODOT, um, there was a grocery store across the street from my job so i would just go to the grocery store and pick up like fruits and pick up like some vegetables and stuff like that and i would snack you know like carrots and hummus at my desk and stuff like that but i think when i moved and started working for the city um what changed was i didn't have a grocery store close by there was nothing but food carts so my lunch would consist of okay i know i eat breakfast at home and i eat dinner at home but my lunch would consist of food carts, which have, you know, all the sauces that they add to make the stuff taste good is full of sugar, full of salt, oil, oil. And, and then you add on top of that, you know, the vegetables are OK, but, you know, like eating tons of meat as well and just processed carbs. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't really help my situation. So, um, yeah, that that was a part of it. Um, but, yeah, this is where I'm at now, which I find myself like, OK. I've never had these issues before, but they've come to the point where I can't just, you know, ignore it. Like I have to make some lifestyle changes. Um, what better lifestyle change to make than going vegan? So, totally. So um, what I find fascinating about that email is that, okay, he gives you the results. Mm-hmm. He then cites lifestyle change, right? which quite frankly is awesome because there's a lot of doctors out there that would just go straight to the prescription pad right. and say, you know, right. here's some pills that you need to get. Which he, I think, um, was uh, maybe six months ago. Um, I, I did check my blood pressure. It was mm-hmm. a little elevated. Um, he said, I could give you some pills, a mild pill to deal with that. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, because, you know, pills to regulate your blood pressure is just so many other side effects on top of that when all I really need to do is like watch my salt intake and maybe increase exercise and 
watch my diet as well, um, which, you know, since being vegan, it's going on three weeks now. Mm -hmm. Man, my blood pressure was like 110 over 79, like instantly just because I'm forced to like prepare my meals, A, and if you want to get a complete like balanced meal, you have to cook lots of vegetables and, you know, lots of good foods. Um, I did take your advice too. You know, the one thing I could look out is like, Yep. Watch the oil and the coconut milk, yep. um, which I know, yes, it adds some flavor. and It totally like does. And I I knew that, you know, that that home style cooking that you were used to yeah. probably yeah. had, you know, oil, coconut yeah. milk. Well, I just wanted, My mom doesn't use oil. Gotcha. But she okay. uses coconut milk. So the oil is on, on my part. Gotcha. I, I'm like, oh, I'll add olive oil since... And I know they're tasty. You know, it yeah. adds a lot of flavor to a dish. Right. And I don't think coconut milk is inherently a bad thing. It's just how often we eat right. it. Because it is high in saturated fat. Right. Um, but you mentioned to me that, okay, I want to lose a little bit of weight. Right. So I just wanted to add a couple of, you know, carrots that you could kind of take away and go, okay, right. let's experiment with a little less oil or no oil. Let's experiment with a little less coconut milk. So that's cool that you've kind of taken that on. I hope it, I hope it can help out. I think it will. Yeah, I think it will. Um, So basically you've come away from that with, he said borderline diabetes. Um, So like pre-diabetes, I think is an often, that's um, a common term. I think, um, and I don't, I think the range is what I was looking at. It was like, maybe five points away from being in a normal base, but it's like still high. Gotcha. Um, so it's elevated. It's ele- significantly elevated. Um, and then looking you, from my previous test, you mentioned, I think you mentioned high cholesterol. Yeah. The LDL. LDL. Was like, yeah. LDL was a little high, which is like the bad cholesterol. Yep. Um, so, and then the blood pressure, um, blood pressure and then le- uh, liver enzymes and then the liver. Yeah. So, so all of those things are kind of the markers that he's given you to basically go away and improve on. Right. Um, and y- I, did hear you say he mentioned a low carb Mediterranean diet. Right. So you've kind of gone, well, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to no. go. Because <laughs> that's interesting, right? What, mm-hmm. what does a low carb Mediterranean diet mean? Because vegetables are carbohydrates, fruits are carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know what he's referring to there because that kind of points in the way of fishes and fish oil. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds like a low-carb Mediterranean diet to me. but Right. And which is why I was like, all right, I'm just going to go vegan because yep. I was like, I know car- not all carbs are bad. You know what I mean? Um, we need potatoes and we need those other starches because that's what our body uses as like in- like fuel, you know, for energy and stuff like that. So I didn't want to deal do away with that. Um, but I think watching the documentaries and, of course, talking to my mom, was like that's all the evidence i need right there um to to make that switch um so i'm interested to see how this is going to shape out i'm pretty Um, keen to see what happens too i mean you've already mentioned blood pressure right so again from like from documentaries like the ones you've watched i would also recommend you watch plant pure nation Mm -hmm. um it's a good one where they they basically go into some of the food deserts of America and they do some testing. So they, they get a group of people 
One of them, I think, is even a cattle farmer. Uh, might have been in Kentucky or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And he decides to do it. And the markers, they come down so quickly. Wow. Yeah. By just going on a whole food plant-based diet. And I think what you've already experienced with the blood pressure coming down speaks volumes yeah. about about the power of just eating whole food plant-based. Yeah. A question I want to ask you is your mum's community. Mm-hmm. You know, how old is your mum? Uh, 68, maybe. Okay. And what are they like? What, you know, are they... Um, well, they're retired. Um, they, they're pretty active. Um, yep. My mom hikes every day. <laughs> Um, where they live at, um, like outside of Eugene, there's tons of mountains. Um, so she goes on a hike like once or twice a day. Um, her meals are, like I said, pretty wholesome. I think she's like, I only eat two meals a day. And, but you know, her breakfast is, like I said, it's pretty, pretty big. And then I like a late afternoon lunch, almost just before dinner is like her last meal of the day. Um, but yeah she's really healthy Um, i think that's another thing mainstream society is going to begin to start hearing more about Mm -hmm. and that's just eating less in general yeah so we eat typically three meals a day typically we eat three there might be some days where we have two but you know we're learning more about people fasting every now and again uh, we're learning fasting. Yeah, we're yeah. learning more about people that do eat two meals a day regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even people out there, and you know, I'm not saying this is the way to go. Research before you implement into your own life. Um, but there are people out there that are huge gym goers, like you know, lifting heavy, getting bulky, mm-hmm. eating one meal a day. Yeah. So I know people that that eat one meal a day and they, I mean, this normally that's what they do is eat one meal a day. Sounds bizarre to me, but mm-hmm. again, maybe that just involves me learning a little bit more. It's learning and getting your body to adapt to it, I think. Yeah, yeah. so I'm definitely not saying it's the way to go, but seeing what people are doing out there, mm-hmm. uh, it interests me. So, yeah. you know, the fact that your mom eats two meals a day, she's 68 years old, she's active, uh, healthful woman, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's yeah. it's so cool to hear about. And I think they should be the ones that we're looking up to. You know, find those people in your society that are older, healthful. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? It's like the guys on um, Forks Over Knives, the two mm-hmm. older doctors. Oh, yeah. So I interviewed one of them on the podcast, Dr. Esselstyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think in that documentary, he is riding a bicycle uh, at like 80 something years of age. Uh, the other doctor, T. Colin Campbell, runs, mm-hmm. jogs, at, again, over 80 years of age. Um, but we're living in a world now where there's all these biohackers that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of age. Right. What, why should we believe a 20, 30, 40 year old biohacker? They haven't exactly proved anything in longevity or health. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's let's wait a minute there. Like yeah, let's no, let's I pump agree. the brakes and and um, take a bit of a bigger picture view rather than seeing what's new and sexy in the world of you know su- supplements and pills and Right. And I think that's part of society though. I mean, um, for the last what 
50 plus years, we've always been trying to take shortcuts. Yep. Um, I think that's part of the reason, you know, the food we eat, you know, people, yes, there's more technology and there's more food that's abundant more than ever, but yet people are not any healthier um, because there's a lot, a lot of the shortcuts we've taken to try to bring, you know, certain foods to the table and bring, you know, you couple that with eating bad foods is just a recipe for disaster, you know? Um, there is no shortcut to good health, but eating the right stuff. That's, I think everything we need, and that's part of what a lot of Seven Day Adventists believe too, which is something I, I, I believe is um, everything to heal the body is at our disposal, but it's whether we choose to take that stuff and use it, you know, the, the, the food and the information we have. Um, I think everything we eat um, plays a role in whether it makes us, you know, feel better or bad. Um, but, you know, is whether, like I said, is whether we choose to take, you know, the, or listen to our body and also listen to, you know, the counselors we have that surround us on eating a healthy, you know, healthy diet. Um, Definitely. Let, I, let food be thy medicine. Let food be thy medicine, man. And I, I, I believe that, you know, it's like making the switch for me, you know, just I remember going on lunch, going to lunch, and I have a stand-up workstation, which I can lower or raise. And I remember every time I'd come back from lunch, I'd be like, oh, I need to raise my desk, otherwise I'm going to fall asleep. That has not happened in over two and a half, three weeks since I've made the switch. Because I eat my, my meal, um, but the meal that I eat is wholesome. There isn't a lot of fat in it. There isn't, you know, like meat that my body has to begin to digest and break down and process carbs. It's just whole foods that my body can use for energy and like, you know, getting all my vitamins and everything. So yeah, I, I, I like the way I feel right now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to see how this is going to shape out. Well, let's, um, let's keep an eye on it. We're obviously going to stay in contact. Yeah. Um, we should try and continue. I think the weekly meals, Okay. you know, if yeah. not weekly, every two weeks or yeah. see what we can fit in. Yeah, um, but I think it's, um, you know, let's take those pieces about your mum's life, you know, developing a bit of a community feel to this. We mm -hmm. can uh, we can get active. We can go for hikes. Yeah. We can get in the gym. I mean, we've got no excuses. There's a gym in the building. Oh, yeah, a really nice gym. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, as long as we're eating well, let's reconvene in three months, get the microphones out again. Yeah, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. Maybe we can dig deep on, like, the you know, the, the results, the before and afters and, and, right. and really take a look at, at what's happened over 12 weeks is a relatively short period of time. So right. uh, let's, let's see what happens. I'm, I'm pretty keen to see what, what goes on, man. But um, good luck. Thank you for, thank you for sharing, you know, about your, your life, about growing up and, um, and also the results at the, at the doctor. I think that takes... Um, some serious courage and, and vulnerability. So I, I appreciate that. Hey, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, um, I guess we're on this journey together. Um, and also too, you know, whoever else, you know, that this helps out. Um, I hope it's a testimony to, to helping other folks make the right, make right decision. Absolutely. If, if you are listening and you're looking to, to make the switch for, for similar reasons, uh, please reach out. We're available on uh, online at VegTalk on Instagram. So that's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K. 
uh, yeah, you're more than welcome to uh, direct message us and uh, we'd be happy to point you in the direction of some some good literature, documentaries um, that will be beneficial to, to you changing your health for the better. So, Phil, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, Matt. We will talk to you again in three months. All right, sounds good. Cheers. All right. Hey, Veggie Mates. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and are looking forward to catching up with Phil in a few months' time. If you'd like to review the show, please head to the Apple Podcast application or to iTunes. It's great support for the show and we do love hearing your feedback. Let us know what your favorite episode is, where you're tuning in from, and who else you'd like to hear from in the future. We're also adding more videos to our YouTube channel and to our Facebook page. You can find us at The Veg Talk Podcast. And in the next few weeks, we will be chatting with more Portland locals. So if you know anyone in the Pacific Northwest who you'd like to hear from, reach out and let us know. Have a great week, guys. I look forward to catching you all for another show.